Sports is no longer just about the game itself. To be a success and to find fulfillment in the game, it takes more. The mental, relational, and cultural component has become more of a focus. No longer is talent enough. An athlete has to be trained in a holistic manner to reach their potential. Training the Complete Athlete provides a wide variety of interviews and informational podcasts for coaches, parents, and athletes to gain insight to reach a higher level of performance. Excited to welcome Joe Coons to the show today. We're going to talk about a topic that is important to both of us, and it's the relationships that we hold with coaches as players and also just players um, as teammates. So Joe has a lot of experience um, working uh, as a coach and as a Division One athlete. So she st- played her career at Utah State in Logan, Utah, um, one of our rival, one of my rivals uh, for me playing at the U. Uh, and she went on to coach at a few universities before she's made uh, her home with the University of Oregon Ducks. So after graduating from Utah State, uh, she spent some time at Stanford, at Colorado Christian, also as a head coach uh, at a community college at Lassen, back to her alma mater and now with the Ducks. And so she's gotten a lot of experience working with a variety of different levels and teams and see the inside of what really makes relationships with coaches and players work. And so often um, this gets overshadowed that the coach is the boss and players just do what they're supposed to do. But um, with the changing times of athletes, this is a more crucial piece of the game than ever. So Joe, I'm excited to talk to you and get your perspective um, as a young coach and kind of being in the middle, uh, the go-to in between head coaches and players and uh, being the head coach and a player not too long ago yourself. So I'm excited to talk to you about this topic. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. This is, uh, like you said, something I'm passionate about, um, something that I knew going into coaching that I wanted to really um, master or attempt to master. I don't know if you ever always have all the answers, but definitely something that um, has kept me in coaching, just um, being able to build relationships with, with players. Well, I think as an assistant coach, it becomes a natural component of our job. As I say, I, I'm guessing you were very similar to me that everybody came and sat in your office to talk about whatever drama, issues, homesickness, struggles with the boss, all those things. Um, and lots of times we don't take it with us when we when we become the head coach. Um, so that's a, a, an interesting uh, connection and transition to being the boss. It's sometimes we think that we have to forget who we are as human beings and, and relational people when we become that boss. So what do you usually see uh, as typical relationships between player and coaches? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it, at least when, even when I was playing, I think a lot of it, you feel very transactional. Um, It's what can you do for me and what can I help you do just to perform on the field? And I think something that um, is really prevalent to today's athletes is, how can you help me not only become the best player, but um, the best person, the all around person on and off the field. And I, I don't know. I think I'm very passionate. I just feel like one of my favorite quotes is, um, you know, coach has more impact in a year than people do in a lifetime. And I know as my, for myself, as an athlete, um, I had a unique experience at Utah state. I played for nine different coaches in my four years between head coaches and assistants. And I knew as somebody who is pretty relational that I had a hard time even keeping up because it was almost like every time the turnaround happened, it was like, okay, now you got to prove to this person what you can do. And they're like, what can you do for me? And there was a missing link of, um, you know, that actual relationship piece and not just um, transactional. Um, And so when I became a coach, I felt like um, I really wanted to be somebody who 
could be more transformational within um, the athletes and not just, um, like I said, what could you, they do for me on the field? Because at some point, we all know that this game ends and we don't know when that is going to be. But um, life goes far beyond that pair of white lines. So who are they after they leave the white lines? And how am I helping them become who they are meant to be? Well, I, I think that's very true. One of my, my most important pieces of, of my coaching career is my alumni and who they become afterwards, um, what they do with uh, families and careers. And I think that's the thing I take the most pride in is seeing what they become afterwards. And that is so much deeper than, like you say, what happens in between the lines. It's the conversations in offices, on buses and airports. Um, it's those late nights when they're struggling that coaches can step up and really speak into their lives. Because I know for me, outside of my parents, the most impact full um impactful relationships were with head coaches even back to my summer ball coach and so sometimes coaches take that for granted they don't understand that every impact you have every touch you have with a kid daily could change everything for them and that's that's a huge responsibility but it's a huge gift that we that we are given as well yeah no i agree i think and part of that is just our our human nature that we don't necessarily see the fruits of um, the seeds being planted right away. Mm -hmm. And I know even for me, just because I've left a couple of different of universities in the past, there's some, you know, kids who have reached out to me and just said, you know, like you, you made a difference in my life and not kids that I would ever thought. Um, but I think that again, that's just the day you plant the seed is not the day you're going to harvest the fruit. And uh, as a coach, it's just so important than that consistency piece to keep showing up and keep giving um, to them and serving them because you never know when and where the impact is going to come in their lives. Well, that's what one of my mentor coaches, um, she coaches at Weber State, and she always said how you value or find out the value you are as a coach is how many wedding invitations you get. Um, and this was a conversation that I had with her shortly after she didn't get um, a coaching job that she really wanted. And, and that says a lot because I know she probably spends most of her non-recruiting time in the summer at weddings. And that says a lot about how she has impacted um, the athletes in her life uh, for the long term. So speaking of just coaches that have made impact, tell me about some coaches in your life that have been really impactful um, in your life overall and as you have transitioned into being a, a coach. Yeah, similar to you, uh, my travel ball coach was a big one for me. Um, he started coaching me when I was 11 years old and just somebody who I don't know, just took me under his wing and saw how much passion I had for the game itself and the drive that um, I had to want to achieve my goals. But even past that, I mean, I still talk to him every week. We, we call him. I mean, he's he met my boyfriend this summer, like and grilled him, of course. And was like, are you sure you want to put up with Joe? Um, and I just think that he was somebody who just made a difference in my even my own, like not just my playing career, but who I wanted to be as a coach as well. Um, because he saw me for way more than who I was as just an athlete. And um, of course he wanted to push me to be the best I could be and reach my goals. And he always reminds me, you know, that I'm here to coach for the long haul. Um, I just, as a joke that, um, but yeah, um, him for sure. My high school coach was a big one for me. She was my first like female coach. Um, so that was a big transition for me just cause I had coached, I've been coached by dads, you know, growing up in travel ball. So being coached by a female, she made a huge impact in my life and really just inspired me to, you know, be a female coach. Also, um, had a few in college, um, HP and, and cyber and they, one still coaches travel ball for the firecrackers and SoCal. And then one is the head coach at Bucknell university actually now. 
And both of them just, they were young coaches. And I think that that was one of the biggest connections I had with them at at the time as a player, because um, again, just, and thinking about my future and making that transition, they were just somebody that I looked up to and we just had that instant connection. Um, So yeah. And then every level that I've coached at um, has definitely uh, given me different connections with different coaches. And I think that's the coolest thing about our sport is that it doesn't really matter what level you coach at. You could connect and be inspired by so many different coaches and be challenged and, uh, just share in the, in the journey. Cause everybody's journey is so different. And yet we're all connected by this, this yellow ball. And, uh, I mean, I will, I'll say, you know, the boss that I work for right now, Missy Lombardi, um, just already made, we've only spent a year together and I've just, she just made a great impact on my life. And, um, also just working for somebody who is doing, you know, she's a wife and she's a mom and she's the coach. Um, for me as a young assistant, I just think having her and seeing her example just in everyday life is, um, pretty, pretty sweet for me just because that's also what I want to do. I, I was actually having this conversation with one of my alums last night. Um, Cause now that I'm a therapist, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a lot of therapist friends and uh, a lot of it's just cause I still feel more connection to coaches. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I could talk forever, even about mental health stuff with coaches than I can do a therapist. So when people ask me for referrals, I'm always like, I, I have no idea. But when people need help recruiting, I'm like, oh, I got people, right? And it is. There's this community when you're a coach that uh, only other coaches can fully understand uh, the grind and the commitment to a little ball that we all have. Um, So, you know, as as I say, some coaches are apprehensive about um, having that stronger connection to coaches and being vulnerable. I think that's one of the things that may be be more fearful for uh, for head coaches. So what are other things that maybe coaches or players fear in having a more connected relationship um, through their playing days? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Vulnerability is a, is a hard one. Um, from an athlete's perspective, I think the fear in the coach relationship comes from uh, being a disappointment or not being good enough. And uh I feel like a lot of athletes experience that I experienced that I feel like as a college athlete. And I think we all handle it a little bit differently, but I know as athletes, you know, you're trained to keep emotions inside of you. And so you just like show up and not a lot of people know what's really going on inside because that's what we're taught to do. You, you may feel it, but you just put on the face and you go and do it. Right. Um, So I think the vulnerability piece with the player coach relationship is huge, both on the player's part and the coach's part. I think um, as a player getting over the fear of not being good enough or um, just not wanting to share because you're scared of what somebody's going to think about you. And then from the coaching side of it, I I think it's the same, like sharing your story and thinking that they're going to look at you differently or, you know, that you don't have it all together and you don't know it all. um, It can be scary. But I think on both sides, I think when it does come together and you guys are both vulnerable, um, it, it, it turns into something that is um, pretty special. And I know I've had a couple of those relationships just in my own short time coaching and it changes your life forever. And I think that's why you keep coming and keep doing it over and over again, because that's what we do it for is to help these kids learn how to be vulnerable and, and build relationships, not only with, you know, their authority or figure, but um, with people just in general. 
Well, I think that that uh, judgment factor is huge because we don't want to be looked upon as the weak link, right? And I think a lot of coaches, if they know what's going on, they'll work around those things. They won't eliminate an athlete. You know, I, I remember getting a transfer early and I went out to the mound and I asked her about how a pitch was working and she would not tell me. And I said, I'd rather know what's not working so we can work around it. I'm not going to bench you. But she was so afraid to tell me. And I go, uh, I don't expect you to be perfect all the time. We can work around certain things, but that fear of, oh, coach is going to yank me, right? And so right. I think that's a, a misunderstanding. And it, and I think for coaches is we can work around kids' vulnerabilities and weaknesses, and we can also help them strengthen them. And don't be afraid to expose that to a coach because, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I, if I'm a little bit injured, I'm not going to play. Mm, not necessarily, but how can we work around it, right? So I think that's things that people people fear is what's going to be the action if we are you know, quote unquote, the weakest link or the weaker, the weaker player at certain times. Right. So what are some of the things that you think are really important to strengthen player coach relationships? Mm. Um, Well, vulnerability, probably number one. Uh, But I think with that, just the communication, I I know we do a pretty good job here on staff is um, meeting players outside of the field or outside of the office. I think those um, places are, they're easy and they're convenient, but I think when you reach out to a player outside of that or a group of players and go to dinner or go to coffee or whatever it may be, I just think that you get them outside of um, the field and outside of office. And so it gives them a chance to kind of separate softball and life. Um, And then you can kind of build that, that other part of the relationship, right? Again, because softball ends. So at some point we're going to have to talk about real life and you kind of just start like planting those seeds and um, investing in their lives that way. Um, and yeah, I, I, I feel like that's one of the biggest, the biggest things for just communicating and continuing every day. I think again, that consistency piece as a coach is huge because you, it's your, you start, we ask our athletes to show up every single day for us on the field. And so how are we showing up for them, not only on the field, but also to help build them as people? One of the things that I, that I implemented when I was coaching high school was we would, and not every day, because I understand practice time is, especially the Pacific Northwest, when the weather's good is, you know, sacred. Um, but we would do a couple times that we would do individual check-ins with every player, like literally maybe mm-hmm. a 30 seconds a minute, we'd divvy up our coaches and they'd get in line. And it might be, how was school today? you know, is there anything that is weighing on your mind? Do you feel that you're prepared for practice? And at first I thought they were going to think that was stupid. And then I'd have kids coming saying, can we do check-ins today? I need to talk to somebody about something. And it did prepare them to sit, you know, it's kind of give them that opportunity to unload and go play. Right. Because we don't want them to take all that baggage into the field. It, it makes, it makes practice less productive. Right. And so sometimes those few seconds of checking in with a kid can make the difference between a good practice and a not good practice. And uh, as I say, we sometimes giving up that time is we get better quality time on, on the end. So what do you think players need to do as far as connecting to their coaches and reaching out to coaches? As I say, anytime somebody has head coach next to their name, they instantly become scarier than they are. You could go from being an assistant to a head coach and you overnight become scary. So what are things that um, players can do to reach out to coaches and build relationships? Yeah. Um, I think again, getting over the fear that we are big and scary, (laughs) um, is probably the first thing that, uh, you kind of have to overcome. And I think you can start small with it as well. Um, 
I know even just you were mentioning your kids check in with them. We do a lot of that as well. Um, we also do uh, what we call duck IDs. And uh, so we sit down with our team every week and kind of have a team meeting with them. So I feel like that kind of helps the athletes feel a little bit more connected to um, us as coaches to kind of jumpstart something. Um, and also I feel like it's a good opportunity as an athlete, you can use something that we learned or talked about in the duck ID and um, kind of bring that in as a conversation starter. Cause I think that's one of the hardest things to do as an athlete is like, well, I want to talk to coach, but I don't know how to talk to coach. So it kind of gives them something to kind of talk about um, to get the conversation going. Cause once it's going, I feel like for the most part, they're, they're pretty like, good and like logged in I think sometimes it's just what taking that step to go in and, and get that or um I know with infield and outfield I do like a question of the day with them right before I do their everyday so like before they get their ground ball rolled to them I'm like what's your favorite food or whatever it may be I've had to become more creative though because I'm in year two and they like they remember questions but I asked them last year and so I can't reuse questions so I'm gonna have to start coming up with some more but again, all that stuff is just good for them. And it, it's easy to jumpstart conversation with us, even following up on those um, just little things that um, we've given to them to kind of help them start conversations with us and learn to communicate and be authentic with us. It's interesting how this generation really does struggle to start conversation, right? Um, and I, I see that in the recruiting world, probably most of all, um, the advice I give recruits is learn how to have a conversation before you go on a trip. Uh, maybe even have a question to ask your the the head coach that is unrelated to softball even you know on recruiting trips I'd always say okay so what are you watching on television and if you could own one land animal and one ocean animal and they would not kill you by owning them what would it be and recruits always thought I was joking and I'm like okay guys you need to understand my teams talk about three things food television and animals and if you can't keep up with those three conversations, we're in serious trouble, right? So <laughs> yeah. um, I'm actually going to flip that on you, Joe. So I'm going to ask you those questions. What are you watching on TV right now? And if you could own a land animal and a marine mammal, what would they be? <laughs> land animal, marine uh, What am I watching on TV right now? Well, baseball season is over. Tragic. I was watching that for a while. <laughs> um, uh, my go-to show is um, Royal Pains or monk. I've watched them all like both like a lot, but those are my go-tos when I'm watching TV. Um, a land animal. Ooh, that's tricky. Mm, I would say a koala and then a whale. I mean, I want to own a whale. Like a That'd killer whale or like yeah. a humpback whale? Killer whale for <laughs> sure. I get just me and my whale, yeah. <laughs> just hanging out, <laughs> ride my whale. <laughs> Best thing is you'd have to have some pretty big, um, space in your backyard to, uh, Hey, you, you didn't give me, I didn't put limits. As I say, I didn't put limits, you know, as I say, they can live. I always say I want a tiger. Like how safe is that? You know, but they can't maul you. So it's fine. Yeah, um, there you go. But it is true, like, you know, having conversations is, is really important, and I, and I think that everybody kind of tiptoes around it, not knowing what to say or, or, or what's comfortable, and I think those random questions are a good jump off, uh, jump off point to just realize that we're all humans, we all have crazy interests, you know, I know as a coach, I've watched a lot of television I never would choose to watch just so I had things to talk about um, with, with my athletes, I mean, I've watched Pretty Little Liars, and that's embarrassing, but um, <laughs> when half my team was, I needed to know, you know, I needed to be watching what they were watching, right? Um, yeah. So I think those things are important. Um, 
So what are the positives that, and I'm going to say this probably more for coaches as opposed to players. What are the positives that you have gained or that you've seen head coaches gain from having a strong relationship with their player? I think it's more obvious what players may gain out of it, mentorship, those sort of things, but what do you see coaches gaining? Oh, I just, I don't think there's anything more um, special than what even you mentioned, right? Getting invited to weddings and seeing their lives unfold far after they leave the field. I think what keeps coaches coming back is hearing their stories um, of how their playing career has affected the rest of their life, right? Because so much of um, who we become stems um, from our athletic background. I mean, I mean, we talk about all the time with just our recruits, right? Like you're going to come in here and you're going to learn a work ethic and you're going to learn what family looks like and you're going to understand how time management works, right? And that's all so true. But I think there's so many other lessons woven within um, the day-to-day that even coaches, we don't see in the moment. And again, like we get to hear the stories later down the road um, of how, you know, coaching, our coaching impacted them and, and what they have chosen to do in life or where they're going or how they're going to raise their kids. and. Um, I think that's just the beauty of relationships. I mean, even, uh, you know, some of my former players now that I would say one of them is one of my best friends. I mean, I go and hang out with her and her family um, at least twice a year. So there's just, there's just great stories to learn too. And I think um, hearing people's stories changes you because we're all different and God has made us that way. And I think there's just something powerful about hearing the stories and getting to be a part of them. So I'm going to kind of throw the opposite. When you see teams that don't have relationships, when it's very business oriented, when coaches don't really integrate with players and vice versa, what do you see the effect being? How does that impact a team? I'd say they're much more susceptible to burnout um, when it's only transactional and it's just it's not fun and the game is meant to be fun. And those relationships are a part of the, a part of what keeps the athletes coming back. I truly believe that because if we're trying to get the best out of them, you're not going to get the best out of them by just being a dictator or just, um, you know, only talking about softball or their swing or, you know, your throw is wrong again today. Um, so I'd say that's probably the biggest thing, just burnout. And I just don't believe that you're going to get the best of them. Absolutely. And, and I also see teams not maybe winning at the, at the peak time with those things, because mm. at the end of postseason when you've played 60 some games and you're exhausted and, you know, you've been in staying in hotels and awful States for some reason, they always put championships in States that aren't very fun, um, at least for our sport. And when you need to dig down, you look to other people, your coaches, your, your teammates to be able to pull it together to get to the very end. And when it's transactional, you don't get to look over at the dugout and say, hey, I know you have me, even though I'm exhausted and I've thrown 12 innings and we've had, you know, tornado warnings and those type of things. And so I think that becomes more crucial. I see the teams that are really connected from player to coach and player to player, coach to coach, usually go deeper and are more successful. And yes, you take some vulnerable, vulnerable risks. I can never say that, that very well, but it does pay off in the long term. And I, I've, I mean, you and I know, have talked about watching teams buckle at the end because they don't have that connection. They don't have the people to rely on. So I think that is when it looks at just X's and O's, that's probably one of the biggest payoffs when it comes to building relationships. Absolutely. That trust that you're building every single day. It's huge. 
so last one, since you've been an assistant and you've been um, a head coach, what would you say is important about relationships within a coaching staff? Yeah, it's huge. I think uh, sometimes as coaches, we forget that um, we're also human and we need to have human conversations <laughs> and not just talk about our athletes because it's really easy to do, right? That's what we all share in common. It, it is what we do for a living. Um, it's what we're all passionate about. So I think something that's really important as, a, as for a head coach and both as an assistant, I think is really just getting to know your staff and that same relationship that you're building with your athletes. Um, you need to build with your staff because that trust piece is just as big within a staff as it is within um, a coach to an athlete. And so definitely something that has to be worked at, I think more, even more than just the athlete to coach. Cause we're all, we're all pretty good about, yep. Okay. We need to meet up when so-and-so, or we need to have a conversation with, you know, this athlete and probably should mention this, this athlete, but it's a lot um, harder to do that with one another, just because it's not the forefront of our mind. We all know the common goal with um, the team. And I think sometimes we forget the common goal with each other, but it's just as important. I think it just, we have to be better and more intentional within it. Well, and it's interesting since I was in a coaching staff for so long and now I'm uh, a regular person. Um, it was weird from, to go from having my assistants or being a part of, of staff being, being an assistant to just working uh, on my own. And as I say, I'm my own entity and building friendships that way. Cause I realized I didn't need friends as much when I was a coach, I had my assistants. They were, you know, it was, how are things you know, how was your night? What's going on with your family? It was, it was an extension of my family. They were in and out of my home. Um, I spent more time with them probably than my actual family. And so for me, that was really important. And yep, sometimes you don't agree. Sometimes you see different ways, but I know even if we didn't agree, uh, we always were going in the same direction, just like family. Right. And yep. so that's why I do think it's important, you know, having those staffs is they've got to be, you know, probably second relationship to your, uh, to your immediate family, because mm -hmm. that, that trust and the day-to-day -day and the grind that you go through with each other is, uh, it, it's like nothing else. And so to have, like you were talking about the, the turnover early, that really does wear on a coaching staff. That's why you see the great successful staffs usually have been with each other for a long time. You know, we always say, when is that person going to, you know, become a head coach? And they don't, they, they love being in the community and culture they're in. And uh, that says a lot about programs. So um, Joe, I greatly appreciate your time. I think these, these lessons are so important for both players and coaches to know what it is to take their experience and their performance to the next level. As I say, we don't just want to focus on how are you going to get better as an athlete? We want um, kids' experiences, whether it be youth to collegiate to professional, to be their utmost and not get lost in always the X's and O's. And I think these are skills that are very important um, to make teams and experiences their utmost best. So I greatly appreciate your time and insight, um, especially with your vast experience of playing different roles in programs. That's that's huge for people to see the ins and outs of, of every piece of the puzzle, not just what a head coach deals with or just what an athlete does. So we wish you good luck with the Ducks. We hope that you will be on the field um, and playing this spring so we can get back to regular life and see what the Ducks can bring to the Pac-12 this year. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And as always, go Ducks. Check out Train the Complete Athlete anywhere you can find podcasts or go to the website at www.trainingthecompleteathlete.com.